Abolition. Американская фирма Transceptor Technology приступила к производству компьютеров «Персональный спутник». Our members to a fairly well. You've had no defections from the Republican right to trouble you. Whereas to what you promised, where the hell are the commissioners? You, you lied to me, Mr. Lincoln. You evaded my request for a denial that best there is a Confederate peace offer because, because there is one, we are absolutely guaranteed to lose the whole thing. And we don't need a goddamn abolition amendment. Leave the Constitution alone. Peace commission is here today. Oh, 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 I can't listen to this anymore. Can't accomplish a goddamn thing of any human meaning or worth until we cure ourselves of slavery and end this pestilential war. If any of you or anyone else knows it, I know I need this. This amendment is that cure. We're stepped out upon the world stage now. Now! fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment. Now, now, now. And you grousel and heckle and dodge about like pettifogging Tammany Hall hucksters. See what is before you. See the here and now. That's the hardest thing. The only thing that accounts. Abolishing slavery by constitutional provision settles the fate for all coming time. Not only of the millions now in bondage, but of unborn millions to come. Two votes stand in its way. These votes must be procured. We need two yeses. Three abstentions. Four. Four yeses and, and one more abstention and the amendment will pass. You got a night and a day and a night. Several perfectly good hours. Now get the hell out of here and get it. Yeah. But how? Those are God's man. I am the President of the United States of America clothed in immense power. You will procure me these votes. The year is 2020, the number. Another summer, get down. Down to the funky drummer. Music ain't in the heart, cause I know you got soul. The information they got them seeing what's really wrong with these racist days. I honor the strong and pity the weak. Your thoughts run your life, be careful what you think. Haiti beat France in century 17. Salute Toussaint and Dessaline. And I do love France, know what I mean? It's a system I'm talking, nobody's agreeing. They say it's suicide when dead bodies are swinging. Cowards are hunting black men, that's what I'm seeing. How many toasters have been burnt down? And once Central Park was a thriving black town. Yo, Chuck, I'm fighting the power right now. Thanks to you, Flav, and P.E. Putting it down, putting your life on the line so I can rap now. The next generation still singing Fight the Power. Fight the power. 
I saw as I pursued my truth. If racism is a cancer, black horse the answer. Gotta get up off the back porch. Emancipate your mind. Get your body back from ransom. And all black hands up for the anthem. Than this evil smash your power structure, Melanin Royal Rico. System designed to kill and unprotect. Worldwide hit the streets just to get some respect. Our fight and our right for freedom will never waver. Justice Rihanna Taylor, salute, chuck and flavor. Still the same anger since Radio Raheem died. Black power to the people, push forward pride. Fight the power like it's the hot soul. Born to fight, I made it off the block though. Thought he had a gun and he was black, that's the combo. The police killed George having the convo. They killed Malcolm X, they killed Dr. King. They gave us guns and dope, they want to stop a king. Trying to erase my history, stop and think. History class ain't tell us about Juneteenth. Stop them, give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a chief, bro. Fuck living life on welfare. The last one who cared was Obamacare, round 12. Nose kind of bloody, gotta keep fighting. Trump through the North Korea, they respect violence. If you ain't trying to have your city on fire, put some respect on our name. We come from gold and diamonds. Fight the power! Fight the power! Fight the power! We got to fight the power that we need. Elvis was a hero of the most, but he never meant shit to me. You see, straight up, racist and sucker was simply playing. Motherfucking in job, Wayne! Cause I'm black and I'm proud, I'm ready, I'm hyper, I'm amped. Most of my heroes don't appear in those stamps. Therefore, I'll look like you looking by nothing but rhythm for 400 years if you check. Don't worry, be happy!
You had me muted. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Once things again, things happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, things happen. And it's happening like that because for the first time, I am not broadcasting live from the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center in Sumter, South Carolina. We are here in the capital of California, Sacramento, right now, broadcasting live with our guests here in the studio, which is outside. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's great. Uh, we're in live from the ACA3 land of Sacramento, California. You're going to hear all kinds of feedback. You're going to hear all kinds of stuff because truth happens, but we're going to make this show as funky as it usually is. Mm-hmm. So also one day after the National March for Our Voting Rights rallies and marches where members of the ASNN leadership team spoke about systemic voter disenfranchisement in multiple cities, this was followed by a powerful presentation from the ASNN. I heard it say unmuted. Does that mean you guys can hear me? Can't hear you guys, though. California. Oh, here we are in Sacramento, California. Our host. Uh oh, it's hard to hear you guys. Yeah, you uh, you got to remember we don't we're not on your mic over there. We're over here on the phone, so we'll have to talk from this end. Okay. Hey guys, don't mind us. Like I said, we're doing this outside. It's a new thing, so. Bear with us. We're going to make it hot. I hope you enjoyed that first track that went on. We got our guests all here. We got our mics open, and we're going to do our best to make it nice and clear and powerful, right? Yeah. Exactly. So tell them what it is today. (laughs) It's another day in the world of being black, and sometimes challenges happen, (laughs) and we fight through because we are resilient people. Exactly. Now, you're getting some echo over there because of this, right? Maybe you should just take off your earphones and just have your mic, like, next to you, and then we could talk freely to each other. That way you don't actually hear it in your ear. Let's see how this works out right now. There we go. All right. So can can you can hear me talking to you, right? Like right in front of you here? Yeah. <laughs> and there's no There you go. There you go. It's much better. Exactly. So we can get this show on the road. I think you had a few more things to mention about uh, in regards to the past couple of days so people know what it is we just did, and uh, where we're going with it. Sure. So we've come a long way since we heralded the birth of the abolitionist nation in Season 1, Episode 24. We did everything we said we would do from there. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. A whole year and a day. A whole year and <laughs> yeah. a day. So uh, more than everyone ever expected we could do, and it wasn't a prophecy or a prediction. It was the plan. It was the plan. And so – to quote the late uh, astronaut Kalpana uh, Chawala, she said, the path for dreams to success do exist. May you have the vision to find it, the courage to get onto it, and the perseverance to follow it. And that's what we've accomplished that's getting right. to this point. That's that right. when we set out, we had a goal in mind. And our goal was to abolish slavery spread the word from state to state to state to state, and we know a big part of that is you, Max, uh, Dennis Fibo, Savannah Eldridge, and the entire 
ASNN, especially the Jamelia Land, Jamelia, Kamal Allen, Kamal Nathan, Allen, uh, Nate, I forgot Nate, Nate <laughs> yeah. and Melina Cohen and Sandra yeah. Hollins, and if I forgot your name, please forgive me. I know it's a lot of people. Sarah names. Morton. Uh, yep. Yeah, Bianca Tyler. Bianca Tyler. Yes. Rose Rises. Mm-hmm. It's just the entire Abolish Slavery National Network awesome. that's all over the country for everyone who attended the March on for voting rights yesterday, mm-hmm. which here in Sacramento was a vote was a march on for voting rights as well as the Abolish mm-hmm. Slavery National Absolutely. Network celebration here in Sacramento, California, as well as what went on online on Zoom yesterday, the big meeting. We had marches in Washington, D.C. yesterday. They were in Atlanta, Georgia, and I think it was one other location, wasn't it? Uh, Jamelia, what was the cities that we were coordinating with yesterday? So it was Washington, Atlanta, Arizona. Unfortunately, we had to cancel our uh, most of our Texas events due to COVID. Uh, But, yeah, it it was huge. I don't know if you all have had an opportunity to check out the news feed yet, but it is it's trending everywhere. And it's uh, it's it trending amazing. everywhere. Another, another historical day. Amen to that, man. Yeah, I got a couple of phone calls today from various people that convinced me we made a hell of an impact yesterday. They're like, Max, you know, I've been down with you guys since the beginning, right? You got to let your people know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, we must have made an impact, man. <laughs> Uh, you were there, and you spoke as well. So you want to tell us a little bit about your experience yesterday here in Sacramento at the March on for Our Voting Rights? And, and introduce yourself Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So I am Sonia Lewis. I am one of the former chapter leads with BLM Sacramento. And so we've been on the ground doing work when it comes to state-sanctioned violence for many years here in Sacramento. And so I'm not new to being in the environment of state capitals and pushing legislation and working with and collaborating with organizations because we know that that's important. We know that it's important to throw everything in the kitchen sink at them because the system of white supremacy is that deep and embedded in this country. And so Since my time with BLM, I have been focusing on um, educational equity. I'm the owner of Ascribe Educational Consulting, um, and I have a nonprofit called Edify Humanity. And so my relationship with the ACA3 has just been a matter of showing up and and being a voice where I can um, just to lift those issues. And in lifting those issues, sometimes I'm called upon to, like, connect the historical dots of how we got here today. And so that was the crux of what I spoke about yesterday um, at the march, because it's important that we understand as we talk about abolishing slavery on one hand in every state, you know, legislation, as we also talk about voting rights, that the two are so interwoven and connected. It's not something that we can frown upon. It's not something that we can ignore. We have to continue to put action in motion right now. Right. Uh, last week on a program, the title was 10 million plus violations of the 15th Amendment. And at the meeting or at the, the march, that was one of the things that I expressed, right. that there's 10, at least 10 million living people who cannot vote due to this felony disenfranchisement Absolutely. system. And then there's 100 million people who won't vote because they're so disgusted with the systems, let them down so many times. If you go and look at the hood and 2000, and you look at it in 2021, there ain't much difference. So, you know, everybody's came and gone, and things are still the same. So they don't have a lot of faith, and I wanted to give them what my purpose was, 
I want to give them a reason to vote, yeah. not somebody to vote for, but a reason to vote, to get up there and say, you know, this affects me directly Absolutely. and all my family members. And I've got people in prison, and I've been paying these prison phone bills trying to call my cousin, brother, mother, father, sister, son, and, and we need to do something about this. So you can go in and vote. Uh, we're going to get it on ACA3 on the ballot for 2022. Absolutely. ACA3 will remove the... Um, language in the California Constitution, which allows for involuntary servitude, forcing people to work in these, what is it, 33 prisons? Yes. 33 prisons with as many as 70 factories built right into the prison. Absolutely. And even right now with the prison firefighters, uh, Jamelia has been telling us over yes. and over again, they've told these firefighters, you know, all that credit time that we gave you, you're not getting any of that. You've got to stay here and continue to fight fires because we can't afford to like hire so. firefighters. Right. So we want you to do this for $2 a day yep. for maybe until you die. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so ironic. Uh, you know, Jamil and I have so many connections that when we talk about the journeys and how we got here to this place. So my son, um, two years ago, was in one of the facilities here in California, and he was a firefighter on the, on the fire line. Mm. And um, it was amazing that how quickly he was able to pay off his restitution, but how um, unjustly he wasn't allowed to use the money that were, I mean, and, and the firefighting jobs, those are like hot commodity jobs yeah. because other jobs within the prison system, you're getting paid pennies on the dollar, right? Mm -hmm. And so for someone to get paid $2 a day, that's like a commodity, but still not be able to afford phone time, still not be able to afford, you know, the extras that you need to just to feel like you can survive and make it through the time. And, you know, knock on wood, thank God he is out. Um, he's still going through the struggle of trying to be that person who has a felony record on his background and trying to be employed, trying to get housing, trying to get into school and just live. Um, he voted last year for the first time. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. And that was like astronomical in my world because I'm the voter in our household, mm -hmm. so I, I get six votes. You know, because my husband, my sons, my daughter, they hand their ballots over to me. Mm -hmm. And so it was huge to say, son, just because you have a felony and just because this is your background, there are things that people, you know, we've been fighting for, and one of them is the right for um, felons to be able to vote. And so that was really huge for us. Yeah, Prop 17 was a big push forward yeah. for that here in uh, California, uh, as well as uh, I think it was Amendment 4 in Florida that they did yeah. it as well with you know, it was crazy in Florida. One in five black men couldn't vote. Yep. Like, who knew? One in five of all black men in the That's whole state huge. could not vote. And in places like Milwaukee County, it's even higher than that. One in more than one in two can't vote in Milwaukee County wow. because of felony convictions. Um, Julie's here with us as well. Julie, <laughs> Julie is hosting our B&B here with us. And um, she was one of the people who attended the rally and uh, to see us speak, as well as some of the performances that we put on. Tell us about your experience. Julie. Oh, my goodness. Where do we even start? Um, you know, it's, it was an interesting um, experience for me because we're BLM supporters, mm -hmm. but obviously you can't get any wider than me. Right. So I don't share the black experience. Right. That doesn't mean that I don't, you know, that there's an empathy, right? right. And, but what... My experience this weekend between talking to you, Max, and Tribal, and everybody, and going to this rally was it took my support from a, an intellectual right. um, realm into something that's very heartfelt and it personalized it for me in a, in a really um, impactful way. 
Um, and I think I'm actually changed. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and so amazing for me. And I, I wish, I wish that you could get this message out to more people yeah. in the way that you did it yesterday or this person to person. Again, so many allies out Absolutely. here that because, you know, I, we're not insiders in your organization. Um, the the ability to share it, and I listened to your music list oh, yes, um, yes. on the YouTube mm-hmm. last night, and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, she's talking about the abolitionist music, which is available at youtube.com slash abolition today. Hey. Just click abolitionist music playlist and, and, and let it just, you know, rotate. Uh, what is it, you know, random play, they call it, yeah. right, random yeah. play? Just let it random play, and you, you'll love it. It's got something for everybody, uh-huh. right? you know? Yeah. You know, if you don't like one song, you'll like the next one. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that was my experience. Thank you uh, for sharing that, indeed. Uh, you know, I believe that if a movement doesn't have music, it's not a movement. Yeah, you know, you, absolutely. you've got to have everything involved, art, you've got to have music, you've got to have poetry, and we pride ourselves on sharing that here and showing people that, you know, we hear a lot, of times people say, well, there's nothing out. It's all crap. Yeah. Stop listening to these commercial broadcasts, right. you know, support independent media. We got the fire here, as you just heard, with the, the remake of Chuck D's uh, Fight the Power, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. And we got more to come, as a matter of fact, much more to come. Jamelia, are you still there with us? I am here. Jamelia, all right, awesome. So I want to pass the mic over to you, my sister. You know, uh, you've been at the heart of all of this out here. You helped the uh, you primarily organized the mm-hmm. events. Uh, you got everything that needed to be done done. I, I get to ride shotgun with you a little bit and watch you work, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your experience over the weekend and uh, even leading up to it. Oh, I, it's all a blur, Max. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a verb, a blur, Max. <laughs> it, it, it all looks like lack of sleep in reverse. Um, so first I want to say hello to my sister, Sonia. And, uh, so Sonia is also, Sonia is also an instrumental member of our coalition, of the California Abolition Act Coalition, along with, you know, Auntie and Sis. Um, but, uh, I, I really just appreciate having her voice here in this space with us today. I, I look forward to, you know, her being in this space with us more often. Um, so Sonia, Allegra, Leia, and myself are the actual organizers for the March on for Voting Rights event that happened yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to try to take credit for it all, but I would, would never do that because I know how mm-hmm. important and instrumental my sisters have been in being, you know what I'm saying? So we are... Uh, we are a bad bad girl band. Um, we don't necessarily sing the best. <laughs> yeah, we don't necessarily sing the best, but we damn sure know how to fight the best. So, uh, you know, I'm always proud to uh, to just, just be in fellowship with, with my sisters. Um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of work, Max, you know, between the march and the coalition, um, it all just kind of ran together, but, you know, we've been coordinating uh, and working on these marches for the past few months. Um, I've been in our war rooms having conversations with, you know, the Drum Major Institute, leadership of SEIU, Al Sharpton and Man and all the stuff. And 
you know, we've had a lot of uh, <clears throat> we've had a lot of hiccups yesterday. Unfortunately, due to the weather, we were not able to uh, move forward with the march, but it still came exactly together very well. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're currently we're currently experiencing some really bad fires. As you can see, it was nice and foggy and uh, difficult to breathe, but nonetheless, we were we were able to successfully pull off yesterday. And so, um, you know, we had we had one hell of a week. Um, ACA three passed through appropriations. Um, it came off of suspense and passed through appropriations. So, you know, we're we're moving one step closer to that. Um, in addition to it being, you know, the 58th anniversary of the March on Washington and, and all that work, um, you know, it it was a very, very special day for me as well. Um, and being able to celebrate Abolish Slavery National Network's one-year anniversary. You know, we have done an amazing amount of work in a year's time. Um, and, you know, we, we like to operate quietly behind the scenes, and then all of a sudden we, like, kind of pop out like a pimple. Um, and so it's... It's nice to see. It's it's really nice to see uh, that all of our collective effort um, has has not been for naught. Uh, and I and I really want to thank uh, the Airbnb host. You know, I saw her and her husband and the dog there yesterday, and and I want to say that you know that's that's what it takes, right? For us to be able to have these conversations, um, irregardless of of our our backgrounds in life, right? Um, and being able to come together and 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 work work for the betterment of all of us as a humanity collectively. And so, you know, I just, I want to thank her for coming and, you know, being so gracious of a host as she has been um, and, and taking, taking part in these conversations, you know, um, and I look forward to, you know, to, to what the future holds and, and all of that. So it's been one heck of a week. I'm, I'm so tired. I can barely see straight Max. Uh, but I'm, like I said, I got to ride Gun with you, and you, I, I passed out on the way a couple yeah. times. Yeah. I woke up, and you were carrying me on your back at one point. I remember, <laughs> like, we only got 30 more feet to go, Max. <laughs> Military style, <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, well, you guys got to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> one of the things that you mentioned is the weather conditions. You know, I'm not used to this. I, I'm from South Carolina, the sky is blue. You know what I mean? When you come through here and you smell nothing but smoke and it's covered yeah. the entire sky yeah. and it looks like yeah. you're in somebody's cooking and they're about to cook you. The first thing in my mind was, why in the hell have you not evacuated the whole city? Like, why are you even here? Right. Because this is dangerous as hell. And so imagine well, that in know, places where there are, our prisons are located and right. folks will not be, yeah. you know, imagine that you're in the cells and in these, these structures that have little to no ventilation, right? And yeah. then they're forced right. to stay inside in those conditions. Like the Paris jails right now Absolutely. in Louisiana yep. that are subject to a Category yep. 4 hurricane. Yep. Moved up to a 5. Right. Yeah. Category 4. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm glad to hear you. I'm glad to hear you all mention that, right? Because that's something that people aren't really talking about or looking at. Um, you know, when we talk about what's happening around mass incarceration, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, uh, especially like like now, you know, with ACA three, people want to talk about the issues of wages, but we are actually talking about humanizing. Other right. human beings, which which should never have to be a discussion, right? <laughs> because 
we are all humans, but here we are nonetheless. And so like we are dealing with Louisiana and, and the storms that are approaching, but also here in California, making note of the fires, um, two things that are very significant that I would like to make note of. One of those is that we have prisons that are sitting in, in severe danger of a fire, right? Right now, Susanville, the city of Susanville has been being evacuated over the past week or so. However, there's two prisons in Susanville. They have no intentions of evacuating them. So what happens to the men on the inside of those facilities when the fire approaches? They're going to be abandoned. They're going to be left to die. Um, and that is very unfortunate. And so it, it takes it takes a community of people, and this is my rally cry and my call to action. I just haven't been able to do it yet because I'm dog tired, but in the next few days we will be putting out that call to action that it's like we got to stand up and we got to make note because while COVID is getting ready to start ravaging through the prisons again too, uh, we have to be mindful that we have men and women inside these prisons that, that are subjected to uh, these fires. And then on the flip side of that, we also have the incarcerated firefighters here. Wow. In the state of California, the state of California, uh, two thirds of firefighters in the state are incarcerated. Let that sit in for a minute. Two thirds of the firefighters in the state of California are incarcerated firefighters. And now California has decided that because we are in the middle of these horrific fires, that it is going to renege on its contractual agreement with the inmates, and now they will not be released regardless yeah. of what their release dates are, so that they can fight these fires. However, they can't go up to Susanville and help their fellow incarcerated brothers or sisters evacuate from those fires. Right. So, we, you know, it's a lot of contradiction. It's a lot of problems that are that are happening. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of contradictions going on. As I said, for me, not seeing anything like that ever before, I'm like, why are you guys still here? And then on top of that, you know, as you said, the, those people who are most susceptible and can't do anything to protect themselves or at the mercy now of the decision makers right. who never make any damn good decisions about them or they wouldn't be there to begin with. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Tribal we haven't heard anything from you. Anything you want to comment on? Tribal Rain is actually over here streaming us live from somewhere. Where are you streaming to? Streaming from Facebook, actually. Uh, and what page? From my web page, because I couldn't get onto the head listeners today. Well, it's page. All right, so if you want to see us Tribal live Rain. stream, it's Tribal Rain with a R A I N E at the end. Don't forget the E at the end on Facebook. And shoot her a friend request. Yes, definitely. All right, um, what I want to do is, you know, that was some deep knowledge, and uh, I want to take a quick break for some music and to bring us back full circle to where we began about voting rights, uh, what we were involved in yesterday. So we've got a nice little musical mix set up for us to be able to come to, you know, to learn a little bit more and also be moved by the music. So, Yusef, you want to tell them what we got coming up? Sure. The next track is A History of Voting Rights. This is uh, by the New York Times, and it will be followed by My Vote Will Count by Yellow Pain featuring Severin Streeter. Abolition. Abolition. Today. Is a scene from the 2012 movie, Abraham Lincoln spells out the terms of Reconstruction. All they heard was the first time any president has ever made mention of Negro voting.
1865, he said freed slaves who were intelligent or had served as soldiers should be allowed to vote. The 14th Amendment, passed in 1868, guaranteed this right as part of the full citizenship accorded to African-American men. But for much of the 20th century, voting remained a contentious issue. The 19th Amendment, ratified in 1920, gave women the right to vote, but the racial divide remained. Some states continued to limit voting, either through measures like the poll tax or direct intimidation of African-American voters. In the South, there were even whites-only primaries. This is Sam Tannenhaus of the New York Times. The first modern Civil Rights Act was signed by President Eisenhower in 1957. It created a federal commission authorized to enforce voting rights. Senator Strom Thurmond conducted the longest filibuster in history, more than 24 hours, in an effort to thwart the bill. But it passed. The location for the meeting with Senator Ribicon. Still, voting was not equal for all. Massive resistance in the Deep South was organized to keep blacks from the polls, and legal enforcement was hampered by all-white juries. Voting rights became a central issue in the civil rights movement. I think this march will go down as one of the greatest... In 1965, the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. led the march from Selma to Montgomery for better voting laws. The nation was shocked by images of the marchers being attacked. And less than five months later, President Lyndon Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act of 1965. It barred states and districts from curtailing the vote on the basis of race, color, or language. It is wrong deadly wrong to deny any of your fellow Americans the right to vote in this country. Sections 4 and 5 of the bill included special provisions to ensure fair voting practices in a number of states, most of them in the South. Citizens there continue to be disenfranchised, but the Supreme Court's close ruling on Tuesday Striking down Section 4 suggests that conditions have changed since 1965, and it is left to Congress to reconsider the act. Shot them whole eight years, bro. They don't care about us, bro. No, that's fact, though. I really don't even remember the last time a president did something for us, to be honest. Yeah, I ain't trying to go out in that sun and vote. <laughs> bro, you literally don't know what you're talking about, bro. 
First thing first, you know back in middle school when they taught us It was three branches of the government, we forgot it when we got older It's the judicial, the legislative, and executive But all we know is the executive, that's the mayor, or the governor, and the president Now none of them three people make no laws, they just be checking them The laws come to their desk and all they do is say no or yes to it So when the news station tried to tell us that Barack Obama couldn't put us on We was all started at Obama when it was the Congress members out along We gotta focus on the legislative branch, yeah, they the ones that make the laws yeah, they the ones right how much food stamp money you get on the car But when people that wanted to help us, wanted the job, I know they probably lost Cause we ain't even know they name, we ain't know they face, we ain't know it all So the Congress or the state house, that's legislative, they make laws So what we want from the president is what they do, okay y'all? See, they election every two years, but we don't never even go to those The Congress, they can raise minimum wage, but we ain't even really know it though So you know how back in 08, when we all voted for Obama was all supposed to go back in 2010 and vote for the Congress. Cause they the ones make child support laws. They the ones choose if your kids at school get to eat steak or corn dogs. The state house makes the court calls. So if the country failed, then you can't say it's them and short fault. Cause y'all ain't know to vote for Congress members that was for y'all. And they don't gotta leave after four years. And we just let them sit. See, they don't wanna tell you this. They want you to focus on the president. Now the third branch is the judicial. That's judges. They the reason why John Crawford and Trey Vine had justice. So when Meek Mill got locked up just for popping willies, we blame the judge and not the city when they let her get voted in. Cause they ain't know who to vote against. Imagine life on the other side. Roads better. Schools better. Everybody get their license back. Grocery store food better. Custody of your kids back. Homeless people get new shelters. If we gonna fix the U.S., we gotta start with them two letters. Me and you. Somebody told us that the government wanna keep us broke. But the only reason why those people in the government is cause we ain't vote. And I ain't talking about the president. I'm talking about the ones we ain't know. See, they was gonna try to keep it low. But it's gonna hurt them when they see the polls. I know the world won't give me nothing. So I gotta take it. And I know it's a way we can win. Why won't nobody say it? Keep us down Welcome back to Abolition Today with Max Tarfus and Yusuf Hassan. That was a history of voting rights, the New York Times. Uh, that was followed by My Vote Will Count, Yellow Pain, featuring Severin Streeter. Uh, Let's start off with Sonia. How did you feel about uh, the information that we got in the track that you heard? also couple that with some historical foundation um, through what we know that has happened in real life to, in this country. And so it's hugely important that we just hone in on this mo- in this moment. Very much so. Um, I got a question that I prepped y'all before. Uh, you heard what was discussed in the, uh, the track that we just played mm-hmm. regarding the history of voting rights, particularly sure. the Civil Rights Bill where they gutted uh, Part 4, and the reasoning that they gave in the Supreme Court was that, you know, it's a different age, and it's not necessary anymore, and Congress needs to decide now on how to deal with this. Uh, Have we really changed since the 1964 Voting Rights Act? 
I don't We've think so. Another? I mean, I, oh, go ahead, Jamila. Go ahead, Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying we've gotten worse. Go ahead, Sonia. I was. I, yeah, I, I, was I would definitely. Agree. I would definitely agree that it's worse. It's, it's. See, then we black folks knew and poor folks knew and women knew, you know, what they couldn't do, right? And so the fight was at least let's get a foot in the door, right? But today, now that the law has changed, supposedly, and I, I put my air quotes there intentionally, because we know that we are facing intentional um, attempts and attacks at those very same people, black folks, poor folks, brown folks, indigenous folks, and women who for primarily, they go to work every day and they already have limited access. So you're not just talking about a gender inequity. You're not talking about a racial inequity. You're also talking about an economic inequity. And so I think all of those things are very indicative to where we were in the 1960s, specifically when King was about to die, when he was about to be assassinated, and his plight and his mission was the poor people's campaign. Like, how can I bring black folks and poor folks and white folks together so that we can understand that we all got the same oppression, not in the sense of oppression Olympics, which we know nobody wins in oppression Olympics, but in the sense of coming together because there's solidarity in that oppression, and we know that we are the targets. And if we understand that we have, we have the same target on our backs, maybe we can unify and take over the powers that be. But the powers that be have that strong arm to poke yeah. choco around our necks in a way that causes us to continue to be divided. Thank you so much for that, Sonia. You know, I'm, I'm actually smiling as Max is asking the question because, you know, we got up in the morning yesterday and we were watching the news and the first thing I saw was one of the anchors sitting there with a smile in her mm-hmm. face talking about it's been 58 years since Dr. King's march, and they're marching for voters' rights. And I said to myself, how can she say that with a smile in her face, mm-hmm. that 58 years later we're still marching for, for voters' rights? the same right. thing. <laughs> you know, we know what uh, Frederick Douglass told us back in the 1800s about his three boxes, yep. the cartridge box, yep. the voting box or what was it, the jury box? The jury box. The jury box, and then Malcolm told us the ballot of the bullet, and here we are all these years later still talking about voting rights, you know, but yet there is a faction of society that tell us to get over certain things and to pull ourselves up as if people aren't out here blocking things, and we know every time that they put something in legislation, there's always some type of loophole there. And we know that that loophole ties all the way back to accept this punishment for Absolutely. a crime. And it also extends beyond the prison system. This is why we're having this conversation. So, yes, we have the 10 million plus that have been disenfranchised from voting. And then that's counting those of us in society who are still being disenfranchised. You know, we know, uh, I forgot the number, I'm sure Jamila or Sonia know the number of bills that have been passed or maxed number of bills that have been passed just since the last election to put more restrictions on voting. And these are the modern-day poll taxes and literacy tests, but they put it in a different form nowadays, Max. I think it's over 300 bills. Over 300. Yeah, right? Close to 400. Close to 400 bills put forward in order to suppress voting rights one way or another. You know, and they say uh, it's, it's really something that's so basic, like, you're supposed to have an ID, right? Well, look at me, for instance, right? I have a medical condition, so I don't drive. I don't have a driver's license. I have a state ID. Mm-hmm. And that state ID is not accepted. You need a driver's ID. Well, so how do you get a driver's right. ID if you don't freaking drive? Right. <laughs> you know? 
And the common sense in that just doesn't make common sense to some folks because they know that these are the hiccups along the way that will prevent. That's that part of limiting access, right? right? The other part is with the, they'd like to suspend our licenses as a punishment. So, you know, we're trying to get to work and they want to take away our car. And then we don't have a license. And now once you don't have a license, if you're in a state that requires a valid driver's license to vote, guess what? You can't vote now. Right. Even though you haven't been convicted of anything, right. you just can't vote because you don't have a driver's license. And there's so many millions that have lost their driver's license because reasons for not paying fines that had nothing to do with breaking driving. Right. <laughs> or know? these illegal police stops that they set up in inner cities around the country where they yeah. just, you know, they, they'll have a whole line of police cars and they're just pulling people over, Absolutely. which is definitely unconstitutional. It just never gets fought properly in the court. And so that's their way of like randomly rounding people up. Sure, go ahead, Jamila. Jamelia. I'm sorry, if I could inter- if I can interject real quick, um as we know as well, uh that is the number one encounter that most people have with law enforcement is through traffic stops. And 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 so we also see there's a direct correlation to um, you know, people in this country that have encountered law enforcement and lost their lives at disproportionate numbers in comparison to others. 25% of those happen at traffic stops. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And then you have police officers who treat traffic stops like they're in the middle you know, of a combat. Zone. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's very indicative. We have a young lady right here in Sacramento right now who was, um, who is a college educated. Her family, her parents did everything right, sent her to college. She has a doctorate degree in, in engineering. She and her father were traveling back from the Bay Area after taking her um, two daughters and niece to the museum um, just for a cultural experience. And Solano Sheriff, as she and her father were switching drivers because she was tired and giving her father, you know, hey, I'm tired. It's your turn to drive now, right? Mm-hmm. And Sheriff saw her pull over. They asked her and inquired, what are you doing? She explained, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. And not only this is what I'm doing, but I have a six, four, and three-year-old in the back of the car. And when the male officer approached the scene with his gun drawn, no no crime has been committed. And at most, a traffic violation, right? Um, you don't get a ticket. You get to get your beat yeah. physically. Mm-hmm. They pull you away from cameras. You yeah. woman. 120 pounds, five foot mm-hmm. two, um, unconscious. beaten unconscious for more than five minutes, mm-hmm. and and the doctors now are saying that that's a third degree concussion when you're unconscious for that length of period of time. Mm-hmm. They drug her into the back of the um, police cruiser, drug her, drug her physically, mm-hmm. um, and when she was arrested and she came, you know, to, they denied the the um, severity of her unconsciousness so that she couldn't get medical treatment. Was booked and then released. No charges have been filed against this woman because they know that there was no charges to be filed. But now that we are, you know, presenting a federal lawsuit, they want to come out and say that she was combative and that she hit an officer in the face and that she slipped out of handcuffs. No, these things didn't, you can see it on the video, that it didn't happen, but that's the traffic stop. So we have to worry about how traffic stops can potentially end for us because it can be life and death. I, I, you know, I would be remiss not to say Sandra Bland's name, you know, because that's a real... Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. A traffic so stop. If, mm-hmm. if I can if I can kind of piggyback with Sonia, um, to just really explain the depth of 
of, of these problems, right? Um, there's a case here in in Sacramento in Placer County that occurred this past January. Young man by the name of Albert Savala. He it was mm-hmm. one about one twenty in the morning. Uh, him and his girlfriend were going to Thunder Valley Casino. They were pulled over by an officer. Long story short, the officer snatches over the drive, snatches open the driver's door, jumps into the vehicle with his knees in this young man's lap. He's face to face with him. The young man has his hands up in the air. The officer removes his weapon, shoots the young man point blank range three times, shatters his arm uh, in twenty five places. They then uh, he then tucks and rolls out of the vehicle. The vehicle. You know, pulls up a ways. The young man stops. They have him hang his arm out of the window for over two, three hours. Um, no medical attention. They try to let him bleed out. Finally, when the ambulance gets there, same officer who shot him gets in the ambulance with him. The uh, ambulance driver tells him that, you know, or the paramedic tells him we need to remove the handcuffs so that we can render medical attention. And the officer tells him in front of the paramedic, if you move, I'll blow your fucking brains out. Now, this officer has been, this is his third department in five years. Um, And so the young man is, he's still incarcerated, okay? They took him to the hospital. They then arrested him and booked him. Um, He's looking at 25 to life um, for his own assault. For his own assault, uh, you know, they went to a bit, his first bail hearing. They said it at 200000 went back, asked for a reduction. The judge raised it to a million, went back for another. They lowered, No, it, yeah, it started at 70000 raised it to a million, and now it's down to 200000 um, wow. And all the while, this young man does not have a criminal record. Um, he was the one that was injured. This officer is still out in the communities. And these are the things that are happening every single day that nobody talks about. Um, Albert is biracial. He is half uh, uh, African-American, half um, Hispanic. You know, um, but does that matter? Should that matter? Because there was a young white woman that was killed by Lester County Sheriff. Um, yep. You know, not not too not too long ago, within the past few months, and so you know, these are the things that that you know when we go back to. I know we're talking about you know voter disenfranchisement, but all of these things are relevant. They all intersect, right? The fact that you know you can you, you know in 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 certain households and in impoverished households, when you go for social services. Um, most of the time it's the women and you have to say that the male is not in the house in order to get those services. Well, they also have you sign all of these forms, right? So that they can now open up a child support case against him in order to collect the money for the benefit payments that the state is giving you. So now, you know, they're, they're, you're being incentivized by the state to not have the man in the home in order to be able to help raise and rear the children. And so once that, that child support case is open and he likely does not have any income, because the household is in need of, of food stamps and some cash aid to be able to survive. Uh, now, now his driver's license is suspended for non-payment of child support. And yep. so that ties into being pulled over and not having a valid license and the potential of being shot and killed. And so, you know, I don't think people really understand the depth of these things. Oh, oh. is it me or you? So, you know, I, I don't think I don't think that people really understand the depth of these things. And and it's very unfortunate that most people don't want to go deep with the conversations. 
Right, right. And that's on top of the fact of in certain states, depending on where you live, not being able to vote because of that ID issue. Mm-hmm. And, and these are not new things. And when we talk about, you know, the just the, the spread out and continued intentional denial of access to the resources, I call it taxation without representation. Mm-hmm. They will tax us all day long, especially those who are in the lower economic stratus, right, because classism is a thing. Um, but our green dollars don't prevent us from, you know, getting – just the basics. And so we have to deny the fact that the children have fathers. We have to deny and and lie to skate around the system in order to get access to things that are just basic necessities in life. Yes, absolutely. Um, I also think that, well, we already know it's important to be careful about a couple things. One is your language. Uh, you got We're talking about slavery. Let's talk about slavery. Right. Let's not call it something else. Right. And what we're dealing with with these police, who are out here hunting uh, people on the streets yes. in traffic stops, is a for-profit industry. Absolutely. And when you hunt people for profit, that's called slavery. Uh, so if we didn't have that happening, we wouldn't have these interactions, and it would be a lot of lives would have been saved. Mm-hmm. In South Carolina, I believe it was 2015. There was over 3 million tickets that had been written uh, by the Highway Patrol, over 3 million. And you're talking about $200 a pop. Uh, man, Wow. you're talking about nearly a billion dollars of, of revenue right. that they're taking from people who can afford it the most. And because we have a top-heavy uh, Eurocentric police force, they choose to target the most vulnerable, people who can't fight back, who they assume don't have the resources yeah. or the ability to fight mm-hmm. them back and just have to give up what they've got. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this happens every day. But, again, we've got to be clear about what it is we're dealing with because right. the question I always ask is how many slaves do you got to catch right. before you become a slave catcher? Right. And if you just do it one damn time, you have fit the criteria. You you qualify as a slave catcher. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And on top well, of that, know. they end up in the system. I'm sorry, Jamili, one point real quick. Uh, once they're in the system, mm-hmm. now they're facing mm-hmm. 95% white prostitutes, mm-hmm. 87%, I believe, or 83%, 83% yeah. are white males, and 97% of the cases end up in plea bargains. Right. So, therefore, their Sixth Amendment rights have gone out the window because they have their mm-hmm. public defenders and certain defense attorneys where their job is to convince them that the deal that the prosecutor has offered them is the best deal that they're going to get. There's no, you know... I want to fight my innocence or anything of that nature. So people are forced. It's sort of like forced confession because, you know, if you go to trial, they're going to throw the book at you. They're going to bury you under the jail, and you'll spend the next 30 or 40 years trying to make your way out Mm -hmm. of the system. Based on your numbers alone, imagine the cases that are going to trial, and you get a jury, and then that jury, especially if you live in a Sacramento county, about 90% of folks who are selected for juries are white folks. And so that's indicative of, you know, the impact in our system that we're conditioned to decline and say that we don't want to be a part of the jury system, even if we are, you know, registered voters. In our mind, it's like they got us again, and they want our free labor again because mm-hmm. they don't pay us enough to show up and, and even participate in the jury system. Right. But that's an important piece of the equation as well. Or well, most of them aren't even in the position to even right. serve on the jury because they don't have jobs with benefits. Mm-hmm. And there's the issue mm-hmm. of we all think we got warrants. And it's true. The warrant industrial complex is yeah. huge. In Missouri, uh, in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, I believe it was like 22,000 residents 
with over 36,000 warrants. Right. You got more warrants than you had people. Wow. And as many counties like that. So, you know, uh, black folks, we often like, I might have some warrants. Right. I don't want to no I, ain't coming here. <laughs> I don't know what I didn't pay. Right. Right. I didn't pay a few things. You so, know? back to you, Jamelia. I'm sorry. I, I, I sent us down this rabbit yes, hole in is. another direction. I'm sorry. You it's, okay. it's okay because, you know, I, I like going down the rabbit hole. I'm, I'm real good with it. Um, just a couple things, you know, um, in regards to, you know, the, the practicing of, uh, you know, the extraction of resources, financial resources from an impoverished community, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I have, you know, y- y'all know me, I, I have no shame in saying it. I got a couple of friends, people that I really consider to be friends that happen to also be in law enforcement. One of those friends is Edwin Raymond. He is a lieutenant in the NYPD. Um, he stood with Colin Kaepernick, and he also did a, a documentary called Crime and Punishment. Him mm-hmm. and several other New York police officers went undercover, and they reported the racist practices and the things that were being said and done, especially around ticketing in the New York subway system and how they were being instructed to target African-American and Latino males specifically. Um, And we know, right, like, look at the Khalil Broward story. Um, Look at look at the the impact that, you know, not just the systemic racism um, that's involved, but it's it's like I said, a black body has no value at all unless it's tied to an economic engine that we don't profit from. And so that's why we are constantly being subjected to, you know, these horrendous pieces of legislation, um, psychological indoctrination of other people as to how to encounter us. We are the most hated people on the on the planet, you know. On the um, everybody, everybody thinks that it's okay. We have been so dehumanized. We have been portrayed in such a manner that, you know, we are these savage, beastly people. We have no intelligence. We have no morals and values about ourselves. We are, we're just breeders that, you know, we don't believe in in family structure and community and all these things, right? Um, But when you turn around and you look at uh, America and the society that we are, it's amazing to me that America has been built on our blood, sweat, and tears, um, and that without our labor in so many areas, this country would not be able to stand. Yet, here we are in 2021 fighting to end legalized slavery in the United States of America, and we are actually encountering opposition. We have states like Louisiana that are saying, oh, no, this is some of the most dangerous legislation we've ever seen. We do not want to end legalized slavery. This is our bread and butter, you know. So like Max says, it it always goes back to what is the root issue. You know, for everybody that knows me, it's about getting to the root issue. Like, you know, in law enforcement, I hate hearing that shit. Like, it's not implicit bias. It's racism. Period. Which is, which is root at the core. It's racism. You know what I mean? And it is a socially constructed thing. Racism is a socially constructed thing. And we we are sick with, you know, the ramifications from it. Um, but yet and still, here we are continuing to, to fight. So 
And I just wanted to share that that little tidbit. I'm really enjoying the conversation with you all. I'm so glad that Sonia has been able to be a part and contribute to this conversation. Absolutely. And I was sharing with um, the crew that's here um, on location that, you know, I have a son who is currently at San Quentin. And it was amazing to me because um, he's up for, now granted, so let me give you some background, just a little bit of details. At the age of 18, graduated from high school, special ed, and has been tested that, you know, he possibly has had um, autism and some other um, neural, um, you know, dysfunctions. Um, and, you know, you, in our community, it's like, okay, that person is not all the way here, right? We don't, we don't, we don't have the language to articulate what the diagnosis is, so we just qualify it and quantify it as that person's not all the way here. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this young right, right. man graduated from high school, never being suspended from high school, never having a referral, never a, a bad report about anything, and on his way home, um, from walking home one afternoon, um, a police officer pulled him over in the city of San Francisco. Um, and the, the woman inside of the vehicle says, it could be him, but I'm not sure. And that was enough to get an 18-year-old who never had a criminal background, never had a bad background in school, convicted of rape and has been incarcerated since then. He is now 41 years old and was up for um, parole this year. And he was just told, he called home, he was like, hey, Mom, I just want to let you know that my parole date that was supposed to be in August, we didn't wrote all the letters, we have all the community support, we have foundation for where he can come when he's released and all of the things. And he just was notified by the parole board that him, due to COVID, they're not having any, you know, um, parole board hearings, and so his has been pushed back to February. Wow. And so the Wait. hurt and pain he's already experienced of serving some someone else's time, you know, but at the same time the inhumanity of even being given a life sentence, right, 25 to life, and, and qualifying for all of the things that, you know, quote-unquote progressive prosecution is doing on the outside when they say that when you have these youth offenders who were given life and, and all this and that and the other, and all of the talk during COVID that, oh, he's eligible for early release due to COVID. He's er- eligible for early release due to him being a convicted juvenile. All of those things out the window. And on, on top of all of that, two times since he's been in San Quentin over this past 18 months, he has been diagnosed with COVID. Um, and so all of the things that, you know, we as a family and he as an individual have experienced from the psychological, physical, and emotional standpoint of being in that place behind those walls um, is, 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 is mind-blowing. It's heartbreaking. Yes, and it, it's on all of us as family members. We have another caller that's here, uh, one of our OGs of the ASNN, I believe, right? Absolutely. Our brother Dennis Debo of Guasabara Insights. Out of, uh, yes, Dennis. Yes. Uh, hey. <laughs> he's the, uh, the co-chair of the – Co-director for the his, state operations. Co-director of the state operations yeah. of the Abolish Slavery National Network. Yeah. And he has all kinds of things going on in New Jersey as played a vital part in bringing Max and I into the ASNN. So, Dennis, you're on the line, this brother. Welcome. Uh, let's say welcome. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Peace welcome family. home, brother. 
Conversation, brother. What do you want to add to it? Uh, man, you guys said so much stuff. I don't even know where to jump in. <laughs> you ain't got no poetry today. <laughs> you ain't got no poetry today. <laughs> nah, I always got poetry, especially for this. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited to see California's moving forward, um, and that you guys are getting the attention that's needed, especially that Cali's one of the biggest. Contributors to mass incarceration in the country, especially mm-hmm. with the the way they uh, they don't pay, um, and become that prime example of what uh, slavery is. And using the language, right? Because Cali is also slavery is abolished, but not involuntary servitude. It's kind of like that in-your-face play on words uh, that has been like to been played over history, and um. Definitely excited to know that uh, that's falling down. Yes, I believe there's two states that have that, North Carolina and California, where they don't have slavery on the books, but they do have involuntary servitude. It's like saying uh, we don't have poison on the books, but we do have the guillotine. (laughs) Right, right. So, Dennis, uh, can you bring us up to date on some of the things that's going on with Free the 13th and uh, ACR 145 in New Jersey? Free the 13th. Oh, you mean uh, amend the 13th. Amend the 13th. <laughs> Free it, amend yeah, we, uh, it, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting on the, the session. Uh, the session is on, on hiatus right now. We're waiting for them to reconvene. Uh, we did hear there was, uh, I wouldn't say pushback. What they said was that they had a long, hard, good look at this bill. Uh, but didn't say anything further. Uh, it's been almost a, it's been a year now since the past committee. Um, so we're thinking that we're going to have to go big when the session starts. We have to go really, really hard in New Jersey. Uh, it is the Democratic Party that's stonewalling this issue over here. Um, wow. And we also have pe- people of color that are stonewalling the issue. I don't think out of all the legislators of color, only two have publicly made statements uh, about amending the 13th or, you know, abolishing slavery. Um, we've ha- I've had legislators of color hang up on me uh, when I'm trying to pitch this to them. So I, I think it's, it's kind of funny, like, we, how we try to observe uh, the way to move politically and that we assume that because a state is red or a state is blue, we can see Nebraska and Utah both being red states and passing this with no issue and here in Jersey it being a blue state you know more uh, uh, heavily populated you know people of color population here in New Jersey and we've getting, we've gotten stonewalled so it's just been interesting uh, to see the dynamic New Jersey has one of the highest um, race based incarceration rates in the nation it's like 14 to 1 it is the so- highest Behind so for every one white person that is incarcerated, fourteen black people are incarcerated, and they only make up what twenty four percent of the population is that, or just like seventeen percent. Fourteen percent. Fourteen percent. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it's a people under siege. Yeah. And there's a reason they call Jersey the Up South. Mm. The Up South. Yeah. It's Mm. a reason why I'm like, well, hell. 
I'm like, with those types of numbers, are there any black people on the streets in Jersey? Right. I mean, I mean, when you look at the young population, you see them cycling right off the corner. Like you see one bunch go, and then you see another one come in, and another one pops out, and just keep cycling over and over again. Mm. All right. That's that pipeline. Um, appreciate you calling in, brother. Um, thank you so much. Uh, for those that don't know, Dennis Fibo is one of the main reasons that the Abolish Slavery National Network has over 30 states involved in this movement. Uh, you know, he's helped to organize uh, like 26 of those states right now, and we're still working on more of them, uh, even from scratch, getting them the legislation that they need, introducing them to legislators, so they can sponsor the bills, and then helping them through the process all the way up to the election period while he's trying to do it with his own state. Right. You know, uh, between him and Savannah and myself, we've all been, like, doing that, each one carrying, like, eight or 12 states, you know what I mean, trying to get it done. It's heavy work. It, it is heavy work, and it's important work. Uh, because I was if I could jump in here real quick, Max. Oh, go ahead. Do we, still, do we still have Dennis? Okay, so. Yeah, I'm here. Fibo, Fibo I got to put you on the spot, man. I need you to go on and lace the listeners up a little bit with a little bit of that human rights stuff you got going on in there. We hear so much about people trying to be careful or, you know, whether it be from the system and or be on the community and people are afraid of what justice would look like without there being profitization or profitization on the body. And all I keep arguing is no matter how anyone wants to argue this or slice it or split it or try to justify any reason why this should be remaining legal, um, <clears throat> we know that it, it is illegal in international law. Uh, the United Nations created this, and the United States actually ratified uh, laws, international laws on slavery, yet still remains one of the only countries in the world to have it um, as a constitutional legality. So here we're arguing section four, slavery is abolished in all of its forms. And it's not just to humanize because we have two, two, two needs of humanization. One is mm -hmm. that we have been dehumanized through criminalization. And you hear it all the time, those criminals or what do we do with criminals? Like the fact that you're called a criminal and you're dehumanized, uh, disenfranchised politically, disenfranchised economically. And then we have humanization on paper. This is one of the only countries where you're removed from your humanity on, in law, in law. Like, it's completely immoral, it's completely unethical, and it goes against what the world standards are supposed to be on this topic. I mean, we fought war after war over this. We're still fighting it in an illegal fashion from around the world, but we have a legal one. Millions of dollars, millions of man hours being put upon this issue, yet no one has addressed head on that this is a legality in our country. So the plight is, regardless of what you, your fears may be, we must stand in law, in natural law, the law of God, as children of God. We should never be dehumanized. We should never be stricken away from what we know our rights to self-determine may be. So that's what I would add, you know, power to the people. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, we got another caller, as a matter of fact, wants to join the conversation with his brother, Sean Darling, who is the lead organizer in Maine uh, to end slavery in the state of Maine. 
Uh, go ahead and pull him in, uh, Yusuf. He's on. All right, Sean, welcome to Abolition Today, brother. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, hey. Sean. Hey. Uh, welcome, Julie, sorry, Sean. Welcome. Um, I just want to say um, I'm so excited. It's a one-year anniversary of Abolished Slavery National Network, and um been thinking about what's been happening from last week to this week about not just the legality of the 13th, the 14th, the 15th Amendment, but with um, with citizenship that comes with a tremendous amount of political education, which um, you guys are doing um, a tremendous job with. But I'll sort of think um, it's not just a regional problem. Like, I'm so glad it's a national network because it's not just, you know, um, like a southern issue or like, a you know, it's like it's the whole what's happening is the whole country. <laughs> um, so that's something I've learned in the past year. You know, this is the whole country, <laughs> you know, it may be worse in some parts of the country, but it's the whole country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. You know, I was looking at the sky yesterday with all that smoke in the air and thinking to myself of what Martin Luther King Jr. said about integrating his people into a burning house. And I'm like, right. there it is. Right. Mm-hmm. It's burning, <laughs> you know, both figuratively and literally, mm-hmm. it is burning. So uh, you did you... Uh, you watched the events yesterday. As a matter of fact, yes. any highlights for you? <laughs> um, well, that, the poem that you did was I was just thinking, well, there's smoke, there's fire. That poem was fire. So it's sort of like, oh. it's like <laughs> you know, the, the closing poem. That was um, what was the name of it again? Thirty several pieces. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, there was definitely you know the smoke was a warning. That was just that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, as always, I'm trying to make the most impact I can. You know, I I, I I was like, I feel like the world is on my shoulder at moments like that. Like, I have this one moment, and I might be able to be that catalyst to right. change everything with Absolutely. a few words. And I take it mm-hmm. that seriously, you know? Right. But then I put on that bracelet that my wife made me, uh, that it gives me a direct connection to the ancestors in the Whitney Plantation. And I imagine that Frederick was on one side and Harriet was on the other side going, Matt, you got this. Come on, we're walking with you. And we walked up to the stage and that was it for me, <laughs> you know. I don't even know what I was saying after that. It was like they were talking, you yeah. know. I'm yeah. sure you felt kind of like that, too, like the ancestors it's were always, talking you. It's always a out-of-body experience. And afterwards, it's like, what did I say? And did I touch on all of the points? And, and I know, you know, it, I, I don't have a doubt in my mind that the ancestors not only were with me, but the ancestors were leading the, in the, the direction mm-hmm. of the words, right? And my father relates to this. My, my dad is a, is an old-time preacher, you know, so he, when he preaches, that's what it, he, he's so exhausted afterwards. And I feel the same way when I, after I'm speaking, it's like, did I, did I lay it all out there in a way that touched somebody, but at the same time left them with a call to action, something to do, inspired to, to go in and, and be the change that we need. Because at the end of the day, it's a matter of how we use our privilege to help those who have less privilege than us, even when we know we ain't got that much privilege. Mm-hmm. I'm a black woman. You know, what did Malcolm say? The most unprotected, the most disrespected, the most, uh, what's right. the third one? It's three of them that he said the most, the most black women most, most vulnerable, you know, and so as a black woman, I walk in those shoes, but at the same time, I know that there's somebody who's less privileged than me. Well, you know, we're having a very vibrant conversation here, but we do want to share music with you guys as well. So what I'd like to do is take a uh, music break, and then on the other side, I have a question. 
what can people do to help? Mm-hmm. And I want everybody to participate in this, you know, uh, what can people do to help? So we can give people actionable information. Yeah. What can you do to help? So with that being said, please, guys, hold on. Uh, we're going to get keep this conversation going, mm-hmm. and we're going to take this music break. Yusuf, you want to tell them what we got coming up? So sure, we have Joe Rogan on white people emulating black culture, mm-hmm. and this is followed by... <laughs> 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 is that the name, <laughs> is that the name <laughs> of the song? <laughs> you can't tell me that they're dead. Like, I think I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's followed by Common When We Move featuring Black Thought and Sion Kuti. You'll be right back on uh, Abolition Today. Abolition Today. Abolition. Abolition. Well, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense in terms of, like, people wanting to belong to a group that seems cool. And, like, black people seem like overall a cool group, right? Like, you have good music behind it. They have a funny way of talking. They have all these amazing pro athletes. They have a totally different kind of culture. And you identify with that culture, but you can't get in because you're a white girl. You're like, shit, it's also what do I do? It's also something, I think also there's a romance, too, yeah, when sure. you're on the outside looking in. It's mm-hmm. struggle. Oh, yeah. And uh, being having been oppressed and all those yeah. things. And yet you, yet you triumph. Yet you find a way to be funny. Yet you find yeah. a way to be colorful. Yet you find a way to be uh, artistic. Um, you know, yes, the, 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 I mean, rap came from, from, from the South Bronx while it was literally on fire. Yeah, and rap is just one aspect of it, right? I mean, think about it. Some of the very best stand-up comedians, some of the very best musicians. Jazz, dude. Yeah, and you think of the percentage of the population that's black. 12%. The, the percentage that become elite professional athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is the percentage of NBA players that are black? It's, it's something crazy. A lot of it's also just... What is, what is it? I don't know, but it's, it's pretty really high. I mean, there are 69... Probably, probably I don't know why I said that number. Jamie, a, a, lot, a lot of it might be just also that there are two there are two avenues open to you in a lot of black communities. At least it's changing, but you know, it was sports and, and music. Right? Yeah, for sure. That's that probably plays part, no doubt about it. But it's also there's a extraordinary number of professional athletes, like uh, elite athletes. Yeah, that just happen to be black. Yeah, and what is that though? Is it genetic? Is it is it the environment they're coming from. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing to be explored because for all this talk of racism, if you just want to be really honest, there's a lot of African Americans that have some pretty phenomenal genetic traits. Optimistic, realistic, and simplistic, spirits visit, how we live it, it's intrinsic, it's mechistic, it's mid like lipstick, colorful, on our souls, a mouthful of gold, or a drummer's roll, stories get told about us, that's why things so blah without us, wherever we are, you can feel the prowess, whenever we move, yo, we turn the style up, I'ma just give black power flowers, whether in the project or the palace, even when the pale horse tried to gallop, it stir, stir it up, we kept the balance, we move in silence, we move the loudest, ancestors in my Dreams. They move the wildest, they prayed about us, praised and shouted, picture this country being brave without us, a slave's nostalgia, move through the woods with vigor, when we got free, the world moved with us, now they want to change the bodies, go figure, used to call us, now they want to be niggas, we the rivers that move through the jungle, yo, when we move, we make the world wonderful. Like this, 
Let me see what I can do right quick My people were made in who's likeness Boy fly niggas ain't never flew like this Pitch black butterfly from the other side Somebody's style was lost, it wasn't mine I'm in a small demographic of real ones Dealing with all things classic King fabric, linen and silk From the home of the solid gold, honey and milk The ones who built it from the mud, soil and sand A black man, the world in the skin of his hand Pop seller, sock when I shine Beyond seller, fella, Kwame and Plummer Mandela, leader, true color The ink well dweller My pen signs in New York Times bestseller When I move, y'all move in my way BD, energy, I generate How to never move weak, I demonstrate Celebrating my peace when I innovate For my dimes and divas Weighing eyes and evens to the non Believers, vagabonds and heathens, achievers We ain't satisfied with dreaming Long as I'm still breathing, watch how I move some moves and the whole world is watching and they're waiting because if we can get this done here they can get it done all over the world all over Mm -hmm. indeed so let's go ahead and get in unless you have any commentary on what you just heard regarding the song and the track uh we'll get into our question let's start with brother dennis Febo. dennis Febo, uh you know i know you and we've had a lot of conversations and I know that in Jersey, you are kind of pissed off about the lack of support, as you mentioned, the Democratic Party blocking, the NAACP acting like they don't know nobody, uh, you know, the uh, National Action Network don't come around. Uh, what can people do to help, and who do you want to help? Amen. So the way that people get help, I guess the only way to really do this is putting pressure on the key individuals who are controlling the flow the way this is supposed to work. 
So here in Jersey would be uh, Assemblyman Coughlin, uh, who is the head of the Assembly, and we also have Senator Sweeney, who's the president of the Senate of New Jersey. So what people can do is reach out to their offices. If you Google their names, Craig Coughlin or Stephen Sweeney for the Senate and Assembly, respectively, you'll find their phone number, email, websites. They're also on social media. So all you got, all we got to do is keep putting pressure on these two individuals to put the items on the agenda so they can go for vote so that the people of New Jersey can decide in a ballot measure. Um, besides that, you could do it in writing. You could do call them. Um, and that's where we stand right now. There's not much we can do until these two guys decide they want to want to be racist anymore. You guys are the whole <laughs> thing. going on. <laughs> wow. Yes. You know, they get to decide whether or not slavery is ended. Like, they're little dictators. Well, if you can, fam, uh, put together a contact list for them, a way that we can we can reach out and let them know how we feel. And we'll share it across abolition today. I have a question. Uh, Julie's got a question. Go ahead, Julie. So, Dennis, you know, so me here in California, I can, if, I, if I start trying to pressure your folks out there um, in, where are you, New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to listen to me. Um, they, they, you know, they listen to their constituents is who they listen to. So, like, I can't write Mitch McConnell. He's not my senator. Mm-hmm. I can write uh, Diane Feinstein, but, hey, she's already kind of on our side, right? Mm-hmm. So, so do you have any advice for people who are listening that don't live in New Jersey on how they can vote? So if I may jump in real quick and if I may jump in real quick and, and kind of answer a little bit of that for you, um, you you may not be able to do anything in New Jersey, although I believe that all hands on deck are important and uh, all voices are important. And so writing to whatever legislators in New Jersey is, is still beneficial. Uh, however, we are doing the same thing here in the state of California. And I am actually chair of the coalition. It's called ACA3, the California Abolition Act, and I am the coalition chair. Um, and so you can write our senator. I actually have uh, a website that you can go to. It's inslaveryincalifornia.org. Uh, there are toolkits on there. We have You have the ability to email your legislator. Text your legislator, call your legislator, write a letter to your legislator, um, and and other various tools, uh, social media tools that you can use to help get the word out. So I'll be more than happy to share that with you. Fantastic. Thank you. And I assume there are, like, um, resources available in all 50 states. You know, I've testified in, like, six different states that I don't live in. And I've sent in letters to senators and congressmen to every state that I've helped organize. I'm with Martin Luther King Jr. I don't believe that there is such a thing as an outside agitator for anybody that lives within the borders of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. This is all of our country. And if we let them get away with it in New Jersey, they'll get away with it in California. And they'll get away with it in New York. Exactly. So we shouldn't be silenced because we don't particularly live there, it's still the same but, country. But my only point was, yeah. is what, how much it, it's, So if and, I, and if so I may interject I one more time, I'm sorry, if I may interject one more time, we at Abolish mm-hmm. Slavery National Network, uh, we are also working on a federal resolution with Congress, uh, Congressman Jeff Merkley and Congresswoman Nakima Williams. And so Senator it is, sorry, Senator Merkley. <laughs> 
um, and, and Congresswoman Nikki Moore. Um, but you know, so we we still need we still need those voices from the individual states. So while California is working on removing this language from our uh, state's constitution, we are also simultaneously working on. Uh, on federal resolutions. So, you know, we need as many state citizens as possible uh, to contribute their voices to their United States senators and congressmen as well in support of that federal resolution. Thank you. Um, Dennis, was there something more you want to add to that wish list? Did we lose him? Steve, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. I would say uh, another thing to add is I've built with a lot of uh, elected officials, and the way I see it is they're human beings, right? And for any one of us sitting at our computer, whatever position we have, and all of a sudden your inbox is being flooded from people all over the country, it's (laughs) just as impactful uh, as from within. So, yeah, they'll say they'd rather listen to constituents from their own state, but if there's a national outpouring, into those two yeah. specific uh, legislators' inboxes and, and, and voicemails and, and, and people picking up the phone at their office, it would have an impact. That is, that is for sure. I would always encourage civic participation no matter what. I agree with Max here. This is the United States. Every state is our brothers and sisters, and we should stand up for what everyone else is going through as well. Thank you. Um, all right, let me pass the mic over to uh, Sean Darling. Sean, Sean, darling, you know, you're, you're just getting started with Maine, and you've got a great legislator who is also the assistant speaker of the House, I believe, uh, yes. Rich Thomas Ross. So yes. it looks, and you have support over there. Uh, Maine is a progressive state, so it looks like you might get yourself a winner. Anything that you need, how can we help? Um, so I'm working on, we have, um, let's see, we're going to start, um, we do have Rachel on board. We have another constitutional amendment um, going through on food sovereignty. Um, I think this year, so I may reach out to the to the um, representative that did that as well to see what his any thoughts on the process for Maine. So I guess I think the next step is to just get that submitted to Rachel, um, and then to get. I've been talking to various uh, groups to get some to get some support in Maine, what people know what's going on. Um, it's been slow, but um, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully though, um, if you get this bill in soon, it can be debated, I think, in January. Um, once I talk to Rachel, if we get something in, it can be debated in January and be sent to the voters for 2022. I'm hoping that's what's going to happen, but I don't, you know, if it doesn't, then you know, obviously you keep on pushing, but that's the, um, that's the plan to educate people here and to get the bill in their ASAP. All right. Thanks uh, for that. Let me pass the mic over to Sonia. Mm-hmm. How can we help? What do you need? You know, um, California, quote, unquote, again, right, um, is supposedly a, a progressive state. And I say that even in the nooks and crannies of those areas, we are currently under siege when it even comes to the recall of our mayor. And so when we're talking about being the largest state in the union, the fifth largest economy in the world, what California does, the world will follow. And I literally believe that. And so with that kind of power and pressure, because I think that there's power, of course, that comes out of the dollar, 
but the pressure to put and make sure that those dollars are being resourced out to the community and the folks who are actually on the ground being impacted the most is where the ask is. So everyday folks, one, need to be registered to vote. Everyday folks need to not ignore the fact that we have an off-season election that's not a presidential election. We need to be extremely inspired to making sure that we are picking people on the local level that are um, cognizant of what's going on on the ground. So your DA races, your sheriff races, your city council races, those are people who are really and truly who are going to impact your everyday life, more so in my opinion than that of the presidency. Um, those are those things. But when we're talking about just the, the sheer movement, we've, we've gotten our bill through the Appropriations Committee, which is huge, right? So we've made some pathways in the right direction. Now what is the next step? And so that next step is continuing to put the pressure on those people who are our elected officials to make sure that their votes align with what the people are saying, despite the fact that you have this fraction of folks folks who traditionally show up at the election time, hence we wouldn't have this recall effort, right? Because they're going to show up on the off-season election. They're going to dominate the numbers in the polls if the folks who call themselves progressive don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can't be inactive in this moment. Mm -hmm. We can no longer allow these moments that we think are the unimportant elections to be unimportant to us anymore. We just can't do that anymore. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, let me go back to Jamelia. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to your list there, Jamelia? She may have had to step away. Yeah, she might have had to step away. So I was trying to get uh, Alonzo to call in, you know, for the 10-2 campaign that's going on down in Louisiana. Mm. And I know he has been texting me the information. If you all can go to Save the Kids Group dot org. For those who are unaware, the Ten Two campaign is dealing with those who are still stuck in prison down in Louisiana under the Jim Crow laws that were established in 1898 with non-unanimous juries. People can be convicted on non-unanimous juries, and the Supreme Court basically said it was wrong, it violated your constitutional right. But I'm sorry, we can't do anything about it. The state has to change it. The state, the case went before the state. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and they said, no, sorry, the state doesn't want to do it. There's nothing we can do about it. So we have these living monuments living in the prisons down in Louisiana, and they're basically stuck in prison for the rest of their life. So they're reaching out, asking for help. You can go to their website at savethekidsgroup.org, and it's for their end of two campaign. You can go to their site, see the information on there. If you're able to assist them in any way, that's how you can help them. Thank you. Uh, thank you indeed. Uh, I would like to offer some some help, ask for some help too. Um, you know, as one of the uh, leadership team for the Abolish Slavery National Network, I know there's one thing in particular that we need. We need money. Absolutely. Like, for real, for real. We're fighting against um, principalities and powers who have unlimited budgets. Uh, we, we ended slavery on a constitutional level in Utah for less than $800. Mm-hmm. We did it in uh, Nebraska for under under thirty thousand yeah. dollars. We ain't gonna do it like that in California. Right, right. California, we're gonna need some money to do this here. Uh, down uh, here. And the this, same thing. This, this like broadcast TV. is now being interrupted. We have Samuel and Daniel Brown on the line. Hey Sam. Uh, hey Sam. Welcome hey, Sam. to Abolition today. Hi, brother Mac, brother Yusuf. Hey, how y'all doing? 
We are we are great, man. Great, we winding down. You know, for me, abolition today is the end of my week. You know what I mean? Right. Like, after, after, after that, it's job well done. So you know, we wrapping it up right now. Like a, a nice big old bow. We done kicked ass. We took names. We inspired people. We moved people. And now, for me, it's it's time to wrap it up. Absolutely. You know. So welcome back, brother. You've been a part of every party that you know. It's an honor and a pleasure. And I just want to say, even Hannibal and the Carthaginians and the Numidians and that army that he had, they had to rest too. <laughs> so you yes, know, sir. Right. <laughs> so go ahead and add to the conversation. Yeah, I would just like the question. To congratulate. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was just wanted to. I wanted to congratulate y'all on a successful um, week. I was speaking to my wife about that from from us passing through appropriations. To the march yesterday, I mean, it's been really successful. There's a quote that I read that says, when your spirit is in the right place, the energy is there. And it appears that the energy is, is in ourselves, you know? Yeah. In ourselves. So we, we, our spirits are in the right place. All right. Word. Um, Samuel uh, Brown is co-author of ACA3. For those that don't know, he's also currently incarcerated in California prisons. And from inside there, he's doing more than many people who sit on their behinds on the outside are doing, Mm -hmm. for sure. You know, he's making history. He's making change. And he's inspiring others to do better, to do more. So we appreciate that, uh, fam. And you're constantly participating, even while the extorters are extorting you. You know, you'll be on a phone call with us talking to a senator, and in the middle of that, this phone call is being recorded. You are at your last 60 seconds. You are worth thirty nine ninety five. Tell your mama we're coming to get our house. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, bro. It's like oh, yeah. they sign oh, yeah. everything you're doing in that way. One hundred percent. If they could actually put a, if they could put a uh, barcode on your thoughts, they would definitely do that. In fact, mm-hmm. what my wife was sharing with me about Human 2.0, they're not far away from doing it. They're working on that too, putting barcodes on our brains. You know. Well, like a, we're uh, about that speech, the discussion. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're about 12 minutes from where we got to uh, wrap it up. So uh, I, I was saying, um, just letting you know that we only got a few minutes, and I want to. Uh, Give a shout-out to our sponsors before we go as well. So go ahead and finish what you were saying, and uh, then we'll do a quick round robin. Okay, that's the extent of it. The men in here, I always have to make it known that it's not just about me, but it's also about the men, and I'm sure the women also, but I'm in this institution, and I get a lot of positive feedback and gratitude from the people who support the work that we're doing, and they're very proud of us, and they're thankful for us, you know, um, having the, the courage and the wherewithal to carry this thoughts, especially during this, this day and age where a lot of people aren't seeing the significance in the work that we're doing. So I just want to end how I started and say I celebrate and appreciate you all for stepping up to be the modern-day abolitionists because we are the change makers of our time. And it takes yes, courage please. to do that. And I, I, I'm really proud of you all and happy to be here at this moment. And I'll recognize the sign. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Right on cue. The extortion is extorting. Right on cue. <laughs> Word, brother. Uh, we are proud of you two and the accomplishments you have made. It takes a village. None of us are doing this alone. Right. There's no doubt about it. Uh, 
but it doesn't take everybody. You just have to have enough. And I think at this time, we're around that number. Yeah. We have enough to make the difference and push things over to the next level. So I, I, I do want to give everybody a chance to say just a little bit before we close it up, and, and I, had, I want to finish my ask as well before uh, we ended it. So let me finish my ask, and then I'm going to pass it on to the next person. We need money. Like, for real, for real, we need money. So go to the Abolish Slavery National Network's website at abolishslavery.us, and please make a donation. If we had a couple million dollars, we would kick so much ass like they stole yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like just don't did. know. <laughs> right? So, so let's, let's make it happen, okay? And also, if you appreciate what we're doing here with Abolition Today, you can always donate, donate to the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center because we do need resources as well. You know, these things don't happen on their own. We've got to get out there and make them happen. All right, so you normally I don't get out here and say give us money, but today I'm like, give us all the money, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, with that, I'm going to pass it over to, uh, let's go to Sonya. Wonderful. As far as ask are concerned, I would say share, share, share. Have those conversations. Have those challenging conversations with those folks that you think might not be ready and they might get a little scared. It's okay. You know, um, providing that language, providing those talking points, providing those um, just just touching their those spots. I, I say that p- every family has a person who's been incarcerated, mm-hmm. a person who has been impacted by drug addiction, and a person who is suffering with mental health issues. We have to normalize these things. We have to make get to a place where it's normal to have conversations about and figure out solutions to solve these problems. So ACA, ending slavery, ending um, um, volunteer servitude, all of those things are all tied into just normalizing what we now, you know, I call us aliens and and the monsters, fighting the monster of white supremacy. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate you being here physically. I'm like looking right into your smiling face (laughs) right now. Uh, We appreciate that and bringing your spirit here with us on Abolition today. All right, uh, let's go to Dennis Fibo. Dennis Fibo, any parting comments, brother? I just want to say peace and blessings to everyone. Make sure we uh, we stay with our eyes on the goal. Um, we know that this is possible. And we've, you know, just looking at the other states that have done this and meeting these people and hanging out with these people and building, like, it didn't take anything special. It just took conviction. It took morality. It took... You know, wanting to do the right thing and, and and fighting for what we know is supposed to be ours. So that's all we need to win, family. Ache. Ache. Sister Jamelia Land. I, I would like to respectfully turn over any time to Samuel. To Samuel Adams? Samuel Brown? <laughs> Yeah. This is what I'm thinking, Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) The live streamers know what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right, Sam. Oh, my goodness. Thank you very much. I do want to follow up on what you said. We definitely need money for this battle. I I remember one of my mentors told me, he said, um, black people specifically always have these great ideas. And they come up with these organizations to fight, but they fall short on the economics. Mm-hmm. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Hey, right. <laughs> more money. Hey, securing the funds, we need to bring about the change. So that is very crucial. And I'm glad you made that ask. 
and I, I really appreciate you all for keeping someone like me alive in this and keeping my name a part of this. And just following up on what Dennis said, yes, we got to be mindful that the finish line is the goal line, and we're not there until we're there, y'all. So we just got to keep pressing forward, enjoy our victories, but expect tough challenges also, and count them as a blessing because we're going to push right through them. So I just want to thank you, Sam. That. Thank you. Thank you, Jamelia. Thank you, thank you Sam. Yeah. All right, Sean Dolan, real quick, anything? Uh, sure, I just want to say real quick, it's been an honor to um, be a part of this movement and to learn every week from our listening today, and I'm glad that we're doing this coast-to-coast for me in California and everyone in between, and um, we will get this done very soon, all to get um, everyone together. All right, thank you so much, brother, and I'm, I'm about to drop another earthquake on Julie. Julie. <laughs> Julie. <laughs> Any final comments for this evening? Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for letting me be here. This has been a real honor, and it's... Um, Something resonated with me, this idea of the, the dialogue. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about the abolitionist movement, and we talked about it a lot, this shit, sorry. <laughs> 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 talk about the shit. I just yeah, 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 the shit. All the shit. All the shit. There's a lot of it going on. Right. Um, you know, this, this idea, of, and, and I want to take it just a little bit further from, I'm your person you're, you're talking to. Yeah. I am one of the people, right? Um, and so, so it's humanizing this stuff. When you talk about your son, yeah. that is compelling stuff. Absolutely. What it does is it takes him from prisoner, mm-hmm. right. from convict, right. to mm-hmm. human being that we really need to tend to. Absolutely. And 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 I think just from again from the end user standpoint, for want of a better description, mm-hmm. that to get those stories out would give you a tremendous edge with people. Yeah. This the the personal stories. Yeah. So yeah. thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, did I miss anybody? Anybody want to make any final comments? All right, with that being said, I'm just gonna say thank you so much. You could have been anywhere but you're here with us. We really appreciate it. It's been a hell of a week, and I'm about to hang up my shoes for a minute there and rest my feet for a few days. That's hey, my plan. Hey, hey. And I got to see my mama. I'm going to have crab cakes. I'm hanging out with my brothers over here. I ain't seen in a decade. Brother Yusef is here with us live and in person. We're going to enjoy a couple of days. I'm going to pass the mic over to Brother Yusef, and we'll see you next week. But don't forget, September 19th, our guest will be the queen mother of Benin, Africa. The queen of Benin is September 19th. So tune in then. Brother Yusef. Thank you all for being here this evening. We'd like to thank our sponsors and our Dreams and the Black Talk Radio Network. My ask is for you to remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash abolition today. Also follow us on Facebook at Abolition Today. Uh, we're working on other pages as well. For all the news, information, and the music you hear on the program, Abolition Today is available on all podcast networks and is simulcast on the Black Talk Radio Network. Also to remember to join the movement at abolishslavery.us, text 52886, text the word in the exception. It's one word, 52886. Uh, If I can recall the other one, just give me one second to pull it up. I did take the notes on it. Hopefully I get it right. Uh, In slavery, in california.org, 
and ACA3ComMS at gmail.com. Make sure you hit up all of those sites. doesn't matter where you are in the country. Yeah. Hit those sites up. And also, don't forget the Shut Them Down 2021 movement. We haven't forgotten that. We're still in Black August. So we're getting into our Bridging the Gap segment. This week we have Ozzie Davis reading Frederick Douglass, Birth of the North Star. And it's followed by Freedom from Django Unchained. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we'll be back Sunday, September 5th, God willing, broadcasting back from our home bases. Abolition. Abolition. To my friends in England, I owe my freedom in the United States. They learned through correspondence that Captain Auld, my master, would take 150 pounds sterling for me. And this sum they promptly raised and paid for my liberation, placing the papers of my manumission into my hands before they would tolerate the idea of my return to my native land. To this commercial transaction, to this blood money, I owe my immunity from the operation of the Fugitive Slave Law. Having remained abroad for nearly two years and being about to return to America, not as I left it, a slave, but a free man, prominent friends of the cause of emancipation in England offered to make me a testimonial, both on the grounds of personal regard to me and also to the cause to which they were so ardently devoted. I suggested that my friends should simply give me the means of obtaining a printing press and materials to enable me to start a paper advocating the interest of my enslaved and oppressed people. I told them that perhaps the greatest hindrance to the adoption of abolition principles by the people of the United States was the low estimate everywhere in that country placed upon the Negro as a man, that because of his assumed natural inferiority, people reconciled themselves to his enslavement and oppression as being inevitable if not desirable. The grand thing to be done, therefore, was to change this estimation by disproving his inferiority and demonstrating his capacity for a more exalted civilization than slavery and prejudice had assigned him. In my judgment, a newspaper in the hands of persons of the despised race would, by calling out and making them acquainted with their own latent powers, by enkindling their hope of a future and developing their moral force, prove a most powerful means of removing prejudice and awaking an interest in them. These views I laid before my friends. The result was that nearly $2,500 was speedily raised toward my establishing such a paper as I had indicated. On December 3rd, 1847, I launched my own newspaper, the North Star, in Rochester, New York. I chose this name because a slave followed the North Star when he escaped north to freedom. On the masthead, I inscribed as the paper's motto the words, Right is of no sex, truth is of no color, God is the father of us all, and we are all brethren. In a message to my oppressed countrymen, I wrote, 
We solemnly dedicate the North Star to the cause of our long oppressed and plundered fellow countrymen. May God bless the undertaking to your good. It shall fearlessly assert your rights, faithfully proclaim your wrongs, and earnestly demand for you instant and even-handed justice. Giving no quarter to slavery in the South, it will hold no truce with oppressors in the North, while it shall boldly advocate emancipation for our enslaved brethren, it shall omit no opportunity to gain for the nominally free, complete enfranchisement. Every effort to injure or degrade you or your cause, originating wheresoever or with whomsoever, shall find in it a constant, unswerving, and inflexible foe. Remember that we are one, that our cause is one, and that we must help each other if we would succeed. We have drunk to the dregs the bitter cup of slavery. We have worn the heavy yoke. We have sighed beneath our bonds and writhed beneath the bloody lash. Cruel mementos of our oneness are indelibly marked on our living flesh. We are one with you under the ban of prejudice and proscription, one with you under the slander of inferiority, one with you in social and political disfranchisement. What you suffer, we suffer. What you endure, we endure. We are indissolubly united and must fall or flourish together. I had resolved that whatever power I had should be devoted to the freeing of my people from slavery, and that once free, they should enjoy all the rights, privileges, and immunities enjoyed by any other members of American society. To the achievement of these goals, I dedicated the rest of my life.
Weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.